Good morning. How are you this morning? I hope you came this morning expecting to hear from God. It really is important to prepare your heart before you come to church in the morning. Because you're coming into the presence of God and mm-hmm. we come by faith. And so um, we're going to look into the word of God. We're going to start with Romans 12. If you need if you a Bible, the ushers are ready to hand one to you today. Yeah, Romans 12, if verse not, 2. Look. Turn there if you would. It's going to be up on the screen. But I say this again. Yes, come it's on. It's so important that you get familiar with your Bible. To know your way around, the, especially the New Testament, but certainly the Old Testament too. Yeah. And so as we're getting ready to read Romans 12, I want to just stop and pray yes. for a moment. Um, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come, gather together as your church and learn of you. you know, I, I thank you, Father, that we have a peaceful place here to do this, to call upon your name. Because there are people, Lord, around the world that are suffering in the midst of persecution. People that are experiencing, like in the Ukraine, war. Pastor Steve, do you want to just pray a little bit just for the, let's just join our hearts together praying for the people in Ukraine. Yes, Father, we do pray for the people of Ukraine. We pray for the people in Russia. We pray, first of all, for the heads of states of both countries, Lord. Yes. I, I thank you for this gentleman that is in Ukraine showing great power and courage. I ask you to just cover him, Lord and protect him and his whole nation. I ask that their army be courageous and they fight like the lion of the tribe of Judah and they shed no innocent blood. And I pray for the Russians. I I pray for even the attacking force that you would prick their conscience, Lord. And just even, not just the soldiers fighting, but then the, the people who are commanding and trying to put this together. I'm asking you, Lord, to prick their conscience and that they would actually withdraw the troops. And I pray for Putin, Lord. I pray that he would have a sober mind because I just read that he has put on uh, alert his team that works the nuclear bombs. So I'm asking you to uh, cause his mind to be sober and that you can speak to him, Father God. You showed me something Wednesday night that, uh, during prayer. that It's like he has a nose ring in his nose, and you are pulling him to where he needs to be. Some of this is Bible prophecy that is being fulfilled yeah. before our eyes. And this is the last days. And in the last days, Lord, the church needs to become serious. We need to value what you value. Father God, I pray for the churches in Russia, and I pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. I ask, Father God, that you would cause them to be led by your spirit in a way that they have never been led before, that they're very sensitive to your spirit so that they might uh, be witnesses for you, work through their hands to heal. I'm asking you that they they would all rise up both countries, Christians, our brothers and sisters. I ask you to empower them with the Holy Spirit. I ask truth, just like in Jeremiah, that they can't shut up. It's like fire in their bones that they must speak of your glory. I pray for peace. 
I pray for peace. Father, we've read in the Old Testament how you have sent an angel and destroyed armies. I'm asking you not to do that unless it is really necessary. For you to take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. So, Father God, I ask that your church rise up and that they speak of you, soldier to soldier, commander to commander, head of state to head of state. I ask that other countries would be wise in what they're doing. Lord, lead them to do the right thing. Yes, Lord. Let your work be done. Yes, and your work will be done, Lord. That's for sure. But this is, you've told us about what was happening long ago. So, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. 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 So, okay, are you in Romans 12, too? Yeah, I found it. All right. I'm going to read that. It says, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed how? By the renewing yeah. of our mind, by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Yes. So we, we want to talk with you today about the importance uh, as a follower of Christ, to have your mind renewed yes. with the Word of God. Come on. Um, and why is that? Why would we say this is so important? We make this point all the time. Be reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God. Why? Well, this one scripture mm -hmm. says that as our mind is renewed to think the way God thinks, it says that you would discern. Yes. And walk out really what is the pleasing, good, pleasing, and perfect will of God for your life. And if we're followers of Christ, I think that's what we're all after, aren't we? I mean, we want to walk in the will of God. Otherwise, we're just all doing, I don't know, this is just some social club that we meet. And, <laughs> no. And so there's transforming power. Yes. Scripture says that as we renew our mind, it says be transformed. Yeah. You will be transformed. Hallelujah. In your life. So there's power to transform your life. As we read the Word of God, as we meditate on the Word of God, we begin to think like He thinks. Hallelujah. You know, we begin to perceive life how He perceives life because we're adapting to, we're taking on the mind of Christ. Mm. And so when we, re, when we do this, my, mind renewal happens, but the only way it does happen is you read the Word of God. You have to forsake your own thoughts. Come on. We cannot keep our... How many of you know have found that when you read the Bible, you began to see, whoa, I didn't understand this about my life, yeah. about people, about yeah. God's plan and purpose that he's doing in the earth? So we have to learn to forsake our own old thoughts and take on new thoughts. Yeah. And then it, let them get implanted deeply in our heart. This doesn't happen just because you hear one message about it. You maybe read the Bible. You read a chapter in the Bible. This is a lifelong process. Renewing yes. the mind is a lifelong yeah. process. On. So, yeah. Because you, you, the mind and the way you think has everything to do with the measure of perseverance and the measure of uh, stability yeah. and faith and even victory in Christ that you're going to walk in as a Christian. Yeah. It's so important. Uh, and I, I was thinking about, like last week, we, we mentioned Galatians 5. And it talks about um, the battle between the flesh and the spirit. And that battle 
between the flesh, like doing what you want to do, the flesh tends to be very self-centered. Have you noticed what I want, how I feel? Mine. Versus following the ways of the Spirit, which is desiring to do the, go the way of God and yeah. obey God. Uh-huh. Well, that battle, the spiritual battle for that takes place up here. It's up here in your soul. Your mind is really where the battle to overcome is won or lost. Yes. This is important for us to understand. Yeah, come on. This is where it plays out in our mind. Will I yield myself and my thinking? And then, because whatever you're thinking on, you're feeling, and then you tend to just go and act on that, right? Will I yield myself to the flesh and do what I want and feel? Or will I yield myself to the Spirit and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? And I think, you know, your flesh this morning may have wanted to sleep in. The alarm went off, be <laughs> push the snooze button, I don't feel like getting up, you know, I'm tired, you could have, I'm going to eat myself a big breakfast, right, I'm going to just leave the dishes in the sink because I don't feel like doing the dishes, I'm going to sit in my pajamas all day and just watch Netflix, yeah, sounds like a post-COVID hangover or something. <laughs> <laughs> Versus following your spirit. Come on. Which you all did today. Yes. You all did today, yeah. Because you wake up. I mean, this is an example of following your spirit. You'd wake up, mm-hmm. the alarm goes off, and you, know, you might have felt tired. It's like, oh, I'd really rather sleep in. But before you just press that snooze button, you, know, you just paused to think <laughs> with, like, the, mind of the, with the mind of the spirit it's like oh i feel like sleeping in but i know i need god's help i know i need his wisdom mm-hmm. and i want to hear from him yes and then you start to think if i don't go to church my kids aren't going to go to church and they certainly need to hear from god they need his wisdom Come on. And you're thinking about the things that are happening in the world mm-hmm. and so if i stay home i'm going to miss an opportunity to hear from God, to gather with the saints, to yes. be in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, just mm-hmm. like we are. Yeah. And you're thinking, if I stay home, I'm training my kids to, to do the wrong thing, really. Come on now. So after pausing, you know, your hand's up there ready to hit the snooze button. <laughs> you can just consider all these things. It's in a split second. Oh, yeah. goes through your mind. And your spirit then overrode your flesh because you said, nope, I'm getting up. Yeah. Getting up, I'm going to get dressed. Come on, kids. Yeah. Get up. We're getting dressed. We're going to church. And you the know. kids say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you're thinking, I'm going to hear from God. This is why it's so important yeah. that we don't come to church just with all the natural thoughts of the world. You're entering into the gathering the saints yeah, here. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So you want to come in expecting. There you want to come and driving in the car. You can say, kids. Shut off those devices that you're looking at. Come on now. We're going to pray for a moment Mm -hmm. here before we get to church. You know, God, we thank you that we have a church to go to. Amen. Thank you that you're going to speak to us this morning. Help my kids, Lord. Help them to hear your voice in mile one. We open up our hearts to hear you today. And help me to be a blessing to somebody at church today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
right? You pull into the parking lot, you know, you're here. You, you overrode your, your flesh and you You, you open the, the car door and the glory cloud comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, that can happen. We went to church often we like did that. that, yep. Just listening to worship music, it's like I'd come in and think, I felt like I had church already before yeah. I got here. You know? That church, that, that car was loud. <laughs> and it was teaching our children yep. something, too, because they were partaking of the anointing. We yep. sometimes do that, pray in the car. And, yep. And think, I'm ready now. I'm ready for worship. I'm not coming some, you know, just to receive. I'm coming to give. Yeah, man. Because what happened this morning was some of you partook yes, hallelujah. of the overflow of other people's hearts yes. in worship. Yeah. I, if you understand what I mean. I when we come you. filled up yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're expressing our worship, it's rubbing off on the people beside you. <laughs> So Come don't on, get then. upset if someone's arm bumps you as you, they raise their arm in worship. They're probably saying, get your hands up. <laughs> yeah. So we want to yield to God's ways. And his ways is to yield to the Spirit. Yes. To our Spirit, following the prompting of the Holy Spirit, yielding to his guidance. But you have to pay attention on the inside because this go. is where the Holy Spirit dwells Come on. on the inside. Come See, on. you and I have choices every day in our life. They're happening up here. Come on. They're happening in your soul. Will I yield to the desires of my flesh or will I yield to the desires in, in, of the spirit? And much of the outcome in your life as a follower of Christ has to do with the condition of this soul. Come on. Come on. Is it renewed or is it unrenewed? Because an unrenewed mind is going to take you towards actions and behavior and feelings in the flesh. But as we renew our mind. Come on now. I have to choose to renew my mind. I can go towards the spirit, which the Bible says brings life and peace. Mm -hmm. And so, you know what? You become a product of your thinking. Yeah. What Proverbs chapter twenty-three verse seven says this? It says, "Whatsoever a man thinks in his heart, so is he." Let that sit on you. What are you thinking on? Do you yield your mind to the flesh or you yield your mind to the spirit? We do this all the time. If you, if both ways, it affects your mood, doesn't it? You're, even it affects your outlook on life. You know, what's in your mind? What are you thinking on? You know, it, it affects how you see yourself, how, your choices, your relationships. You know, how you respond to life is because of your thinking. And now we have the mind of the flesh and we have the mind of the spirit to deal with. And if you don't renew your mind, the mind of the flesh will take you. Isn't that right? Listen, although a person's born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, speaking in other tongues, you know, it's true. What matters is what you have in your head. Yeah, you could still live. A, yeah, you could, you could absolutely live a defeated life. If a person lets the flesh dominate his thinking, that's where he's going to go. If, if, now, this is what you, you, we're teaching you how to deal with life. We're making disciples here. And what's great is that if a person's soul is saved, now listen, because people's souls might be sitting in here, your soul's not saved. Well, wait a Spirit, second, Pastor. You may you, be you, born again. Yeah, yeah, Pastor, you just said, you know, you're talking about born again people. Now you're saying they're not saved. I'm saying your soul might not be saved. Your soul 
Because the new birth is the birth of your spirit. It's your spirit is reborn. Your body's not reborn and neither is your soul. The spirit is made alive to God, hallelujah. But your soul and your body still the same. <laughs> you know, the Bible truths weren't instantly downloaded in you. <laughs> I wish they were. <laughs> Turn to the book of James. The book of James chapter 1. Because I'm going to show you out of the Word of God, and this is, should really rock us, to tell you the truth, we ought to check ourselves. This is what we're doing. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. He's here to convict, and He's here to empower, and He's here for you personally. James chapter 1. You know, again, although a person's spirit is born again, uh, the Bible declares that that person has to do something with the condition of their soul. Yeah. We come to Christ, we still have old patterns of thinking. Oh boy. <laughs> these old patterns we learn from the world. We've learned these old patterns from five physical senses. We've learned these patterns through experiences with our family. But you know what? The Bible says our minds need to be renewed. Our minds need to be saved. The Spirit of God, this is James. James is Jesus' half-brother. You know, Jesus was born through the Holy Spirit. And then Mary had six other children, at least. And this was his little brother, James. And this is what the Spirit of God asked him to write. Verse 21. Verse 21, he says, Therefore, ridding yourself of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Mm -hmm. That word save, you know what it means in the Greek? Wholeness. Hallelujah. It's Wouldn't really you want the word that? For salvation. Yeah, sozo. it is is sozo. That's the word sozo. It means wholeness. It means actually healing, deliverance, and preservation of your soul. And that actually, if you do that with the word of God, it's the greatest defense against Satan. Amen. Yeah. You know, I think it was 1993, 1994, Pastor Mamie had uh, drawing... Uh, this, well, it's just three circles, but it really helps to explain the makeup of man because the Bible declares we're a three-part being. And often it's easy for us to learn uh, with a, a visual. And uh, I want you to turn now to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians is right before 2 Thessalonians. <laughs> <laughs> that was an easy one. <laughs> this is going to come up on the... Oh, good. It looks good. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. We there, guys? It says here, Now may the God of peace sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body 
Okay, there's the three parts. Be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. which could happen any day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. There we go. That's up on the, that'll help Sounds us. Good. Yeah. All right. So take a look at, um, take a look at the, the circle with spirit in it. This is the part of you that becomes born again mm -hmm. when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell. And that word pneuma, if you could see that word there, pneuma. Uh, you know, we, in English, we, we might recognize, you know, the beginning of that word. You have pneumatic tools or mm -hmm. equipment. They're air-powered or pneuma uh, in medicine refers to air in the lungs, pneuma. Well, the word pneuma in Greek, as in this scripture, mm -hmm. it means the wind or spirit, spirit of God or the breath of God. Yeah. So like God breathed into Adam, the breath, his breath of life, and he became a living being. Yes. Or on the day of Pentecost, Hallelujah. when the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing what wind yeah. <laughs> and filled the house and they all spoke in other tongues Hallelujah. and I think in tongues you know even through their mouth was coming the witness of God because it says as they spoke in tongues they were glorifying God yes so when you're born again your spirit on the inside of you is made alive to God the Holy Spirit recreates you on the inside you cannot see that happen right but it does if you believe scripture and you believe the gospel that recreated uh miracle miracle happens yeah and your spirit of our three-part makeup is really the preeminent part of us come on now okay that's because important. it joins you to god's spirit god is spirit we saw this some weeks ago and we worship him how in spirit and in truth yes so we must if we're going to walk closer with god become more aware of this truth that I'm a spirit being, that I, God's spirit dwells on the inside of me. I cannot feel him or touch him, but he says his word is what? Spirit and life. life. So when I'm reading the word of God, I'm fellowshipping with him in the spirit. This is really important because yes. most people are walking completely body ruled, just taking all of their understanding from the, five the body part of us, the five physical senses, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so our spirit is what ca causes us to be God conscious. That's right. Again, we need to awaken to these truths because even if you're born again, you could just be dulled down because you're only thinking in the natural all the time. And until the new birth happens, we say everybody, God made everybody uh, spirit, soul, and body. Every human being is a three-part being. But yes. if until you are born again, your spirit... Uh, is not alive to God. Scripture describes it as darkened mm -hmm. or dead even. You're physically alive, but your spirit is dead to the things of God. And so this is important for us to understand. Um, and sometimes we people cross over spirit and soul together. They think it's one or the other. It's all the same, but it's not. Or it is not. Because even in the words in Scripture, separated out. Uh, they are knit together. Come on. I mean, we separate it out now just to help us understand how, how, our, how our being is put together. But when you die, when a person dies, their body goes into the ground, but their spirit and soul mm -hmm. either go two places, one to be with the Lord in eternal life or hell if your spirit remains dead. Mm -hmm. 
So this is why the gospel is important. Amen. We want people to come alive in their spirit because your spirit and soul are eternal. You know, our bodies are going to go into the ground awaiting what? Resurrection, right? We're going to get new bodies. And we're gonna, then it's all going to be joined together. We're going to have a glorified body, you know, with our spirit and soul completely alive to God. And so that word <laughs> soul then, the soul part of you, that yes. word in the Greek yeah. is... It looks Suke. like it says psych. It's pronounced apparently in Greek, suke. And we, we can easily, you can recognize some English words when you look at that. This is where we get the word psychiatry or psychology, okay? It's the study of human behavior. Yeah, there you go. Your thoughts, your behavior, your personality all linked together. That's your soul. And that's our soul is like our mind, our will, our intellect, yeah. our emotions, our personality, all wrapped up together. And, and our, so our spirit is God-conscious, but our soul, our psyche, is more self-conscious, all right? Our soul is where we get our self-awareness. Yes, And this, is, this can be the troubling part, because don't we all like to think about ourself? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what about me? And how I feel. Mm -hmm. Ever notice how you, you want to think about yourself? Don't look at her like that. You, you know it's true. <laughs> and then our body part. The body part is what everybody's familiar with. Yeah. You know, you see the physical body. The, the, yeah. we, we touch the world with our body, our five physical senses. Yep. That's our outer part. And that word soma that's the word in the Greek that it's used for body. And I think, you know, when I was a nurse years ago, and you take a history of a person, and then you'd report to the doctor, and you'd say, this person had all these somatic complaints, you know, a headache, backache, you know, heart palpitations, whatever it might be. And then people, they would do a workup and sometimes find the reason. Oh, there's a virus here, or there's an infection here. Or, but sometimes they do workups on people, and they cannot find any issue, where is the problem? And this is where this word psychosomatic comes in. You see? Because the mind has the ability yep. to actually cause body pain. I mean, you're stressed out long enough up here, something starts happening somewhere in your body to say, <laughs> I'm hurt. <laughs> so your soul, the point here is your soul carries a lot of influence. Amen. On to carry you towards your body and paying attention to how you feel, this part of you, or to yield my mind and my thinking to the spirit part of me. You know, there's and, something else very interesting about our makeup, our triune be being, it, and that is it is now for Christians, for believers, those people who have surrendered their life to Jesus and are trying to walk in his ways, it becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. Your body and soul and mind are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's, let's take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. You are, you are carrying around something that's holy with inside you, and that's the Holy Spirit, yeah. the Spirit of Jesus. Which makes your entire being holy. That's right. Yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it is up on PowerPoint, but yet, you know, it's always best to find these things in your own Bible. That's one thing that Pastor Mamie and I, when we were in Bible college, and boy, I'll tell you what, these guys could fly through the Bible. We decided that we are going to find every scripture that they talked about and read it out of our Bible. And that really helped us, really helped us. Verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. 
I'll wait till I hear those pages. I love hearing those pages turn. I love it. Absolutely love it. This is such an important scripture. Yes. He says here, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? And you are not your own. You might want to circle that. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. We're blood-bought. Jesus paid an incredible price to get us. Yes. See, our entire spirit, soul, mm -hmm. and body, they become the temple of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Honestly, to help us understand how amazing this really is, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, we're going to look at how people in the Old Testament had to approach God. How they could enter in. And they couldn't do it any way they wanted. Yeah, they had to enter the temple. Mm -hmm. yeah, with now remember, the, the Old Testament is filled with types and shadows of the New Testament. And so there are types and shadows. As we're reading in the Old Testament as a church, there are types and shadows of, the, of Jesus Christ in this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, we were, what were we doing? We just finished uh, Exodus and now we're, we're in Leviticus right now. You can join us uh, if you have any questions about that. You can see Amanda here. She can get you all lined up with that. But it is really great because you have an opportunity to put something down as a comment. And it's really helping the whole body of Christ. But we saw how God instructed them to build the temple in the wilderness. And he made uh, he also put instructions on how he we as men can approach him. There are many laws and instructions in that Old Testament. Uh, it's all meant to help us understand the absolute holiness of God and how to approach him in the fear of the Lord and with humility. Uh, in Leviticus eleven, it's, this is what God says. This is He okay. says, "I am your God." You must be holy like I'm holy. Remember, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and honestly, God gave them very stark reminders about he's not kidding. You know, if you can remember that reading that Aaron, who was the high priest at that time, and his whole family was called into the ministry, he had two sons, Nadab and Abihu. And they were in line to be the high priest after Aaron had fulfilled his commitment. Uh, but they took things lightly. They went into the holy place and burned incense the way they wanted to. And, uh, yeah, God dropped them dead. Even to the place where he told uh, Moses that Aaron should not even... Uh, weep for them. See, we got to love God more than anything. Right. More than ourselves, more than our lives, more than our family. God is first in everything. And this is, the, and He deserves to be first in everything. Amen. Well, fire from God killed them both. <laughs> they were trying to please God in their own way. See, we, many Christians do that. 
Well, my God wouldn't do that. You just became an idol worshiper. Really, because you just made up your own God. In Leviticus chapter 10, verse 3, this is what God says. He says, by those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. And before all people, I must be glorified. See, we need to learn these things. We need to learn the fear of God. Over two years, we at our prayer meetings have been praying for our church that the fear of God would come on us. Because it'll save you, it'll keep you on the narrow way, it'll give you wisdom. And don't we need it these days? I mean, if, if Putin is calling for his nuclear team to get ready, I'm serious. We have to put God first place and we need to know his ways. And so therefore, we have to renew our soul. Our soul need to be saved. The only way you're going to save your soul is through the word of God. So we thought it would be interesting to, again, consider how they had to prepare themselves to enter into the temple yeah, this to is meet good. God in the Holy of Holies. And only the high priest could actually get into the Holy of Holies because this is an important, I, I, there's a parallel for us, yes. even as we come to before God, like you're saying, to recognize the holy calling that we have. And so here's another picture. This is a picture of, um, it's off the internet, but it's a picture of the whole area of sacrifice where the whole tent, the tent of meeting was inside. That whole outer area was the courtyard uh, on the one end here, mm -hmm. this Eastern end would be a gate, a narrow gate that they would come into. Uh, and, this, and in the outer court here is where the animal sacrifices would be done. Because you say, why did they have to do so many animal sacrifices? Well, the, <laughs> the law said without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. That there's life in the blood. And this whole old covenant was based on the shedding of animal blood before the perfect sacrifice would come with Jesus yeah, would be. hallelujah. Uh, shed his blood on the cross. So there was a terrible cost for sin. And I think these people would understand that because there was a lot of animal sacrifice going on. A Constantly. lot. Yeah. And so the priests would act as representatives. They would bring the animal and sacrifice that you could see kind of where that smoke is going up on that larger uh, area. And then beyond it was a water laver right. where, the, where the priests would then go and wash you know, from the blood. And all of this was signifying, I'm coming by the blood. Think about it in terms of the new covenant. I'm yep. coming by the blood. I'm washed by the water clean. The word. My conscience is washed clean. And, and we do have to come, like, we, we get sort of dirty in the world, if you will. You know, like, just mm -hmm. our minds can get defiled. And so when we approach God, we're doing this very same thing. Amen. We're coming... Uh, we're washing ourselves by meditating and thinking what his blood has done for us and washing our mind clean with who we are in Christ. Hallelujah. And it washes that sense of guilt away, which is what it was meant to do. Yeah, right. And so then after that, in the outer court, uh, you notice that large tent. As you go through that outer court, beyond the labor, that large covered tent, this is where the holy place was. And the Holy of Holies dwelled in there. So after, if Those we go to... Those two different places. Yeah, if we go, if, if you go inside of that there tent... There we go, yeah. The first part of it here was the holy place. And that contained the altar of incense. It contained the lighted 
uh, menorah, and it contained the showbread. And all those things had significance, of course. You know, the altar of incense was always to be kept burning. It's likened to the worship of God and even the prayers yeah. of the saints that yes, go up before right. God. The lighted candles, mm -hmm. you know, that Jesus is the light of the world. Come on now. That his presence is always with us. His word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Hallelujah. And then the bread, the showbread that was on that table. Uh, of course, Jesus is the bread of life for us. And then inside that tent, there's another chamber. If as you can see, there was a curtain exactly. that divided it. And inside there was the Holy of Holies, okay? That second, that chamber beyond the first one there, this is where the presence of God was shut up. Mm -hmm. It was the most intimate, pure, and powerful, and glorious place yes. that they could ever experience. And only the high priest, they said, can go in there. He went in once a year to make atonement for the people's sins. Right, once a year. And even the high priest... Because he was a man, he was human, had to make sacrifice for himself so that he didn't enter in a guilty way, in an unworthy way. Yeah, he would try. He would he would you know, as we read through yeah. Exodus, it described all the beauty and the intricacy, you know, the, the overlaid gold on the inside of these things and the beautiful tapestry and the threads. And they said they sewed bells around the high priest, the hem of his garment, pomegranates and bells and so that when he went into the, tradition says, so that when he went into the Holy of Holies, you know, if you walk with that robe on, it would tinkle. You could hear the bells shaking. But if you had, begin to hear nothing as after he entered into the Holy of Holies, they said they, they tied a rope around his one ankle. So as he walked in, and then if the bells stopped, stopped tinkling, <laughs> there was a problem. They pulled him out. Yeah. Pull him out because no one was going to enter in. If the high priest had a problem, forget it. <laughs> forget For, it forget, is right. Forget the regular priest to go in there, a Levite to just go in there. And so all of this is helping us to understand the holiness of God, the purity, the perfection, and how no one was allowed into that place except, you know, you purified yourself first before you stood before him. Yes, and see, this, this is the same thing. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit right now. You know the outer covering, covering of, of that first, that holy of holies and the holy place, it was covered out with like goat skin. It looked so normal. It looked so blah. But you go in, it's filled with gold and beauty and tapestries. And, and you think how that parallels us. Like your there. outer body, it says we have this treasure in what? An earthen vessel. Hallelujah. Yeah. But that, uh, they... Josephus, a, a Jewish historian, said in the temple that uh, was built, a solid temple, when Solomon built the temple, that, per, that curtain that separated the holy place from the holy of holies, he says it was four inches thick. And you know what that represents? Uh, that re represents the barrier of God to man because of our sin. And what was awesome, if you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Bible declares when Jesus gave up his spirit, that that curtain was torn from top to bottom, which signifies now we have these this treasure in earth and vessels. The very glory of God is now open and ready for people who give their life to Christ. You know, it's true. By grace we're saved through yes. faith. Yes. Not a works. 
It's His grace coming from God, offering Jesus Christ to all mankind. And when we put our faith in His sacrifice and His resurrection and His ways that we're learning, you become born again. And now Jesus is our great high priest. (laughs) And He's perfect because He doesn't have to wear bells. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> it makes us able to draw near to God yeah. near to God I love that With song he's closer than the, the air around you why because he's in you see now each believer can approach God we don't have to go through the pastor we don't have to go through the elders each one of us can open our hearts up to God and we can hear from him It's awesome stuff, isn't it? (laughs) It's really relevant right now to how we should be approaching God too. Uh You know, because His holiness hasn't diminished. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. (laughs) I think we should turn to Romans chapter... Let's turn to Romans... Yeah, go back to Romans chapter 12. Right. we got one more slide for you here. No, we're going to go to that circle slide, the one you just had up. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Shannon. You're doing a great job there, yeah. of course. All right. Yeah. That yes. One. Uh-huh. So we're back to thinking about ourselves, you know, as a, as, our, as a triune being, but it also relates to the temple. Like Pastor C was saying, remember, these are types and shadows. And how we approach God, even though we can come boldly to his throne of yeah. grace, holiness is still a factor. Come on now. In our walk with God. Yes. And so there's this striking resemblance, really. Like the body is kind of this outer court area. You know, our body, like they had to bring an animal sacrifice to enter, to begin to enter his presence. Well, look what Romans 12, 1 says. Interestingly, God says the same thing about us. Yes. Romans 12, 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... To what? To what? offer yeah. your body as a living sacrifice. Come on. Uh-oh. Holy and pleasing to God. Hallelujah. This is your true and proper worship. So God's word's telling us, I want now you to be a living sacrifice. Awesome. awesome. To live a surrender. What does that mean? I live a surrendered life. To the word. I see my life the way he says it's set apart for him. It's set apart and holy for him. You know, remember, I gave the example at the beginning. I could either have pushed the snooze button and walked in the, <laughs> the flesh or the spirit. Now, this is part of our sacrifice, our living sacrifice. If I let the desires of my body rule me, I become weak spiritually. So I need to keep training myself to go towards the spirit. Hallelujah. Because the direction that we want our whole being to be moving in yes. is towards the Spirit. Yes. The, towards the, if you will, like the Holy of Holies. That's right. So, his, so what is the Holy Spirit's work in us? What would he be drawing us to do? Mm. Draw towards the things of the Spirit. Yes. Think with the mind of the Spirit. And agree with what the blood has done for us. Yes. I mean, this is when they, when they went from the outer court into the holy place and they made the sacrifice, that gave them confidence. Yes. I'm cleansed. Glory I'm to God. I'm accepted by God. We have a better But sacrifice. you notice, like in this picture here, the soul there in the middle, your soul, if I want, if I want to experience more of God and enter deeper into the 
holy of holies. I want to know his presence more. Yeah. My soul, how I think, is going to play a big part. Come on now. Like your soul, depending on what I meditate on, yeah. what I declare, can go either way. I can just still go towards the, the feelings of my body and the flesh, which God says is opposed to him. Right. And brings right. death, if you will, mm -hmm. or just destruction. Or I could go to the spirit. So if we, if we want to experience, if we want our being to move towards the spirit, yes. then we have to do Romans 12 too. That's yeah, what's and on go that to second. Romans 12 too. You're right there. You know, if we want to go in the right direction, like Pastor Mamie is saying, it takes work. This just doesn't happen to you. You have to do something because we read James. It says that you're responsible to save your soul. You are responsible. Here's how we do it. Here's one of the ways we do it. Romans 2, uh, 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of God, if it's good, acceptable, and perfect. The, the promise here is actually the promise and the command is to renew our mind. And after we renew our mind, we will be transformed. It will be a new life for us, a new way of thinking. We're going to start thinking kingdom-wise. We're going to start to think eternally, not just what's here, what's here, what's this. But this transformation, this transformation is also called sanctification. You are sanctified because you're born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're being sanctified as we walk through this life, staying on the narrow path that Jesus calls us to, and we will ultimately be sanctified when we stand before him because the blood of the Lamb has cleansed us. Yeah, hallelujah. This takes time. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. Yeah, it takes time. But as you read the Word, your mind's renewed, you start thinking along with God. All of a sudden you say, ooh, I used to do this, but you know what? I'm, I'm, that lane's no longer part of me. I'm walking this. And it's like we start off like this, and as we grow, things get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, and we line up with the Word of God. Because Jesus said, the way is narrow, and the path is small. He said, but the, and that's life. But the way to death is broad. And don't you know that there is broad everywhere. And even this culture is telling you, go out here and do it. But we're walking that narrow path. And just like Pastor Mamie says, when we start denying the flesh and the, the things of the flesh and the rebellion that that is, what happens, it strengthens your spirit. And we're walking toward the Spirit. We're walking toward the Holy of Holies. Yeah. And this, again, <laughs> it takes training of your mind. It takes discipline up here. How That's, many of you have discovered on, that? Your mind wants to, you wake up in the morning and your mind wants to automatically go with whatever the body feels and whatever the soul wants to tell you, which is opposite very often of who you are in Christ. And so this is a discipline of the mind. And it takes effort. And it takes a lot of gazing upon the Word of God. Because it's like washing your mind. It's like a good kind of brain washing. You're washing <laughs> yourself with the water of the Word. This is who I am. And, you, you know, you cast down those thoughts. But yeah. as you do this, 
life transformation doesn't happen overnight. Yes. This is a lifelong marathon with the Lord. Yes. And so we have to understand it's little by little, little by little as we do it. So if you've lived with certain fears and insecurities in your life mm -hmm. when you come to Christ, as you gaze in the Word of God and you read who you are in Christ, your identity begins to change. You begin to realize, wait a minute, I am, I am worthy. I might not look yeah. like much, but, you know, he made me worthy. Yes, hallelujah. Instead of walking around like this, you, you walk according to your spirit. It's like, he loves me, and he's for me. Yes. And it changes your countenance. Yeah, and man. if you do that long enough, pretty soon those old thoughts don't even bother you nearly as much as they used to. Come on. You're just more self-assured and confident in who you are in Christ. And that's transformation, right? You can lay your head down on the pillow at night and go, God, I love you. I thank you. You help me to give sweet dreams rather than your mind going in a million directions in the natural. Come on, or you're not thrown off by the rejection of people. Right. We're going to hit a lot of rejection in our life. And the more we gaze upon this and we understand the love of God that has been shed abroad, like in our spirit, in our heart, yes. that I can respond like Christ. Yes. I can forgive. He forgave me. I can forgive others. So their rejection doesn't throw me into six months of just, oh, I'm so worthy, and why did they do that? And, you know, it's dragging your body down with it. We yep. can go, you know what? Jesus was rejected. And he, he said, love your enemies. Pray for your enemies, those who despitefully use you yes. we can do that yeah. if we train our mind to agree Amen. but we have to we have to train our mind to Renew agree our minds. or your save our so minds. our love walk little by little that's transformation Amen. to grow stronger Amen. and you're able to forgive people easier i mean it used to be that sometimes you just hold on to forgiveness you know in the early days you talk about talk 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 about stuff that bothered you that you felt like you're holding on to yeah and little by little, as you learn to let go, it doesn't happen necessarily overnight. But we have to persevere. Get in the process. And this word has perseverance built Amen. into it. Amen. It'll help us to persevere by the grace of God. Yes. And so God has designed, you know, this is our life, our entire being, to flow towards him, the things of the Spirit. Let's look at this last verse here, and then we'll, awesome. we'll close. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. Okay, this is what happens when you and I gaze into the Word of God. Amen. We have to remember this is a living Word. Come on. It's not just type black print on a piece of paper or on an electronic device. We are fellowshipping with a, the living Word of God. Amen. And it says in verse 17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. liberty. There's liberty coming to me as I gaze into this. But Hallelujah. we all, as with unveiled face, if you remember in the Old Testament, I mean, Moses put a veil over his face after being in the glory of God. And even that veil that separated us, yes. we are beholding, it says, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Yeah. Think about what that means as you gaze into this and you fellowship with God. Show me, Jesus. Show me, Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. The deeper things of you, I want to go deeper with you. You talk to him about these very things. It says, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the, of the Lord are what? Being transformed, transformed. into what? Who? The same, the same image. image. From Woo! glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So see, we have to 
yield to our spirit and recognize that our spirit, I, I say it again, is the most preeminent part of us. If Amen. we want to walk in victory, our, we must get our minds renewed and saved. And I say renewed as though there's an end to it, but it's <laughs> mind renewal. <laughs> we will be renewing our mind until we step off with Christ into eternity. Then the download yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah. So we've said a lot today. I, you know, I think, what, is the, what are the most important things that we want to remember and take away? Well, I don't know. The Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. See, this is part of helping you learn to train yourself. To bow your head now and just say, help me, Holy Spirit. Yeah, let's go. To, you Come know, on, you, uh, Come on. I'm your temple. You dwell in me. You're my leader. We don't do this enough. I'm convinced the church does not do this enough. We may come and hear a message, but we go out and we just live in the natural. We live according to our natural thinking. Come on now. But let's train ourselves. Holy Spirit, we're in your presence. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the power in that blood that yeah. broke uh, the chains of, of sin over our life and the bondage, sure. telling us we are not worthy. We once were not worthy. We once were a lost people. Right. But now we are found. Yes, we, are, we belong to you. You had your eye on us from the foundation of the world. Oh, Jesus. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the precious blood that you shed on the cross. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord, to see the beauty and the power of our temple that is set apart for you. I pray, Father God, that you help us to walk in a way that honors you individually and as a church. Yes. We want to please you, Lord. Our desire is to renew our mind. And so I pray, Father, you help us in the days ahead. I pray you give a hunger and a desire for people to read the word of God. Yes. yes. The gaze upon the beauty of you, Jesus. We're reading about you. We're fellowshipping with you. And I pray, Father, that our relationship with you would grow more intimate. That it's not just intellectual understanding. We are talking to you lord yes i pray lord your presence and the reality of who you are as a person becomes more and more real to us as a church that we bow in our heart we love you our devotion is to you we want to see your glory just like moses said show me your glory lord help us father you might be here and you this is all new to you you might be in that picture you might be just in the outer court and you're just out there watching. And well, you've rubbed up against the kingdom of God this morning. The idea there is to go to the sacrifice. And that sacrifice is Jesus himself. He laid down his life for you and for me so that we can make our way from the outer court into the holy place and then into the holy of holies. But it's only through Jesus Christ only through Jesus Christ. Listen, time is short. Things are, Bible prophecies being fulfilled right in front of our eyes. Time is short and Jesus is coming back for his church without spot or wrinkle. If you think you have missed it, there's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. If you want to come into the holy place and then the holy of holies, you have to go through Jesus Christ. And that means a complete surrender to him on everything you have. If that's you today and you want that action, I'm asking you to raise your hand 
For you at home, I'm telling you right now, today's the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Don't let this pass you by. Just surrender to Jesus. Tell him yourself. Tell him you believe in him, that he came to this earth. He shed his blood on that cross. He died for you, for the payment of your sin. And then he rose again from the dead. And when he rose again from the dead and you put your faith in that sacrifice, you become justified in the courts of heaven. And then he wants you to live for him. And the only way you're going to live for him is following the Bible, renewing your mind, saving your soul. It means we have a lot to do with it. So if there's anybody here that needs to be born again, their spirit alive to God, I'm asking you to raise your hand high enough so I can see it. And when you do, we'll pray a prayer, and the greatest miracle will happen. You at home, I want you to do the same thing. Just surrender your life to Him in a simple way, knowing that He loves you, and He paid the price for your sin. And He wants you to walk in resurrection life with Him.